Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society podcast. Join me, your host, Jeremiah Byron, as I uncover the stories behind the people who make the wonderfully weird and the unexplained their life's work. We love chatting about cryptids and creatures that defy logic, but that won't stop us from having people show up that you might not expect. Check out our website, www.bigfootsocietypodcast.com. It's our base for all things social media, blogs, episodes, and everything else Bigfoot Society. Follow Bigfoot Society on Instagram to keep up to date with the community daily. If you'd like to support us and help us keep the lights on for the cost of less than a cup of coffee per month, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society, where for $5 a month you'll get early access to the podcast before anyone else and exclusive access to our weekly Patreon-only Bigfoot Society After Dark podcast. It's where the week's guest stays on after everyone else leaves and shares their favorite creepy or cryptid story with me and you, the listener, as we're sitting around the campfire at our creepy cryptid summer camp. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash Bigfoot Society to also see all the shout out, Zoom hangout, merch discounts, and more that you'll have access to as an official Bigfoot Society card carrying member for only $5 a month. A little bit of This American Life and a little bit of In Search Of is what you're about to experience. So sit back, put your headphones on, put your phone in your pocket, and relax with your favorite beverage as I uncover the stories behind your favorite entertainers, researchers, and people you've never heard of in this episode of the Bigfoot Society Podcast. This week on the Bigfoot Society podcast, we talked to Sarah Cooper from the future American Snallygaster Museum in Maryland. It's an interesting conversation about what the Snallygaster is, a lot of the Snallygaster's history that I didn't know before, and also what it takes to set up a cryptid-themed museum. So you'll like this conversation uh, if you've been wanting to set up your uh, your own cryptid-themed museum. You might get some... Uh, stuff from this so take notes uh anyway sit back relax uh, get something to uh drink uh if that's your thing and uh enjoy the interview all right well thanks for coming back to the bigfoot society podcast i have the privilege of having sarah cooper with me today from Maryland. And Sarah, why don't you go ahead and tell a little bit about yourself and uh, why you're on the podcast today? Okay. Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, so I am the founder of the American Snallygaster Museum here in Frederick County, Maryland. That is our state cryptid. Um, we are curating a whole lot of stuff right now um, and in the process of building a tiny house on our property for the museum. Oh, 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 okay. Go ahead. Oh, my mind just went. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm reeling myself in. No, I don't, I don't I'm have excited. Myself. I'm excited. I Finish your intro. I need to, That's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, okay. This is going to be really fun. Okay. So okay. you are making the Snallygaster house museum. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be inside a tiny house. Yes. So oh, we man. own um, a historic property here in Frederick County. It's actually in the Library of Congress. It's one of the last, it's from the Federalist period in the 1700s. We have one of the last wow. original doors, all this shenanigans. So our house is wow. already museum esque. Um, and on the back of our property, uh, we're, our project right now is we're building a, a tiny house. So it's not going to be you know, super huge. Like, I don't know if you've seen, if you've been to the Mothman Museum or the Flatwoods Monster. Not yet. Someday. Oh my God. It's incredible. It's incredible. So we're starting small and it's kind of, we're making it kind of like a roadside attraction type of thing. Awesome. And hopefully, you know, maybe it'll grow. If people like it, we'll see. (laughs) So, oh, like the people I've had talking to me so far are, are pumped that this is going to be a thing. Like you, yeah. there's a lot of people from all over the different parts of the U S that are like, are you serious? Like there's actually going to be a Snallygaster museum. I'm like, yeah, it's totally happening. Like hopefully end of uh, 2021, you know, we'll yeah, see that's our goal. all the stuff going on, but yeah. Um, I, I couldn't believe there wasn't already a Snallygaster. Either. We were really surprised. So <laughs> That is so smart to make it in a tiny house to start with. That's brilliant. Uh, for people that might not know what a tiny house is, can you, uh, like, how big are we talking and kind of explain so, what that's all about? I have a really hard time with spatial relations. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a small cabin size, okay. kind of the one room kind of situation. Um, but I couldn't tell you, like, dimensions. Like, I'm terrible with that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so. fine. <laughs> usually usually they can go on like a, a back of a trailer like a small trailer right yeah yeah basically yeah. oh man that's crazy i've got so many ideas off of that like but it, it's meant to be in one area but technically you could yeah, technically. go traveling with it yes and that would be absolutely incredible i would love that goodness you could have traveling snallygaster music <laughs> at like places like mothman festival and stuff how crazy exactly. would that be we are big fans of mothman festival cryptid con all that kind of stuff so if we were ever able to take it on the road i would be just over the moon it would be amazing this is like the smartest thing ever um for so it, it's weird because this is kind of like there's a lot of snallygaster going on this month as i made the joke uh for last week's episode um that was also Snallygaster themed, but if there's listeners where they're not quite sure what the Snallygaster is all about, how are you, what's your uh, elevator pitch to someone like, what is the Snallygaster all about? Oh, okay. So I think for me, the Snallygaster is the first true American cryptid, even before Bigfoot and all of that. It uh, is this dragon like creature with bird features on the head that Mm -hmm. was brought over with German immigrants. Um, you know, from the 1700s on. And there's, you know, this big tall tale that uh, just went on for so long that at one point, I believe it was uh, Roosevelt was going to come and try to hunt the Snallygaster. Awesome. Um, and so there's a lot of very weird ties into like United States politics and mm. fake news stuff and everything with this creature. So it's just, I think it's an interesting study in American history and folklore as well as bringing in my obsession with cryptids that, you know, 
needs no explanation, I'm sure. <laughs> well, in, I mean, no explanation, but tell me about it. So has this been a thing where you have uh, loved uh, cryptids all your life or how did you get into uh, this kind of thing? Uh, so let's see, being an unsupervised child in the 90s, mm -hmm. yep. I spent way too much time watching sightings and reading Weekly World News. And I got super into UFOs, yep. cryptids, Batboy, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it just, I never outgrew it. I guess some people outgrow that. It, it never happened for me. I just go down these rabbit holes. And then once I got the internet, it was like, that's it's it. That's game, all I wanted game to do. on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good for you for not growing out of it. Cause there's a lot of people where it's like, they, they love it as kids and then they kind of like grow up and then like something, um, some trigger switches when they're old like older adults and they're like oh yeah cryptids i'm back in but yeah. uh, you never really <laughs> left that which is cool yeah uh would you say that uh your fate that is your favorite cryptid then is this an alligaster or um it is because it is our maryland cryptid but i yeah. i don't think i could pick a favorite i spend so much time thinking about you know, different ones and discussing it with people that probably don't want to hear about it. But yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite for now. The best thing about the internet is like, you can find those people that want to talk about it relatively quickly, or yes. they will find you very quickly. And like, yes, it's been wonderful. The nice thing about the, uh, the Snally Gaster Museum is you have a really, uh, you have a fun Instagram account. And, um, I appreciate the, uh, you sent me some cool stickers in the mail. That was awesome. And yes. the postcards, oh, that was really cool. Thank you. Yeah, we're hoping to get more merch out. Those stickers were designed by Danner, um, mm -hmm. Conjure, Dust, Conjure Dust Designs. Yeah, yep. he's the coolest ever. Like, oh, we were, so nice. we're fans over here. And we were really bummed because the stickers were originally supposed to go out in the cryptid, the Snallygaster cryptid crate. And because oh, of all yeah. the COVID nonsense that happened around christmas time they didn't make it from maryland to delaware in time wow. so we were we really bummed and disappointed mm. so we're working on something else hopefully for a future one but it was it was definitely a another thing that covid has kind of ruined for people so we were a little bummed out but it's okay because the stickers are awesome and we're just sending them out they to are. people now They're cool uh is there a lot of snally gas so I'm not like super, I'm getting more familiar with the Snallygaster because of interviews I've done recently, but is there like a, is it pretty widespread in our pop culture or is there some Snallygaster merch out there? Is it pretty much just the cryptid crate stuff so far? No, there's a lot. So I think, okay. I mean, it has, it's been a slow uptick of Snallygaster stuff because of Fallout okay. 76. Um, oh, you totally, know, yeah. All those cryptids in there. Their Snallygasters are not in any way what, it's supposed to look like, but it's just that the name exists and, and that it's being mentioned. It's pretty cool. Um, but okay. there's so many Gaster merch. Like I was blown away. It, the That's first piece I got was at CryptidCon. I can't remember the artist, but I know she's on Etsy. I feel maybe it's on the back of this. I don't know, but she made this uh, amazing print. Oh, here. I know that. I've seen, I've seen that one. I've seen that series. Like that's so cool. That yeah, you she actually has a whole saw her. Beautiful. I just can't remember her name. So I'm kind of, it's not on here, but this was the first one I ever got. And that was what started my, oh my God, there's a Maryland cryptid kind of obsession. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. cool. <laughs> That's our first official piece. Oh, for the, for the museum. 
yeah, that was my first thing where I was like, oh, I'm oh gonna start yeah, nice, nice, nice. So what pushed you over the edge from just being into this, into, or let's say like Snallygaster like is awesome to, hey, let's make a museum about it. Um, so I am a, an emergency room nurse okay. and I was 28 weeks pregnant when mm. the, the pandemic started in March. Oh, wow. And I worked this pandemic um, through the spring with one surgical mask a week. So the stress and the anxiety of that was just really like a lot. And then, you know, having a baby during this and coming back, it was just a lot. And so we, we were all kind of talking to the family about like, we have to have some kind of outlet or something we can be working towards because it's a, like, we're all bummed um, out. You know, my older yep. son was doing school from home. We weren't leaving our house at all. It was just a constant state of anxiety. And we were like, we got this manic crazy energy into something and this kind of just popped up while we were talking at dinner one night um and we ran with it basically so you know how weird this is because uh if we didn't have the pandemic no one would be talking right now because <clears throat> that's the reason that i started this podcast i'm not really kidding, because i was so bored and i was like <laughs> Well, I had kind of started it the year before and then I let it kind of go away. And I was like, you know what? I've got all this time. Like, let's go for a hundred percent and like, let's rock it. And yeah, totally. Like, because I was so bored during the pandemic. Uh, yeah. So positive things have come out of it. Like stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. We all had something to, to get through this because it's not been easy. It has not. And, um, Here's the, here's, so this is interesting because, um, well, for, I, I also want to thank you for, for being, uh, I, I'm sure you've done like just the things that you've done through this so far. I don't know you personally, but thank you for like, just, <laughs> oh, just kicking butt at what you're doing. Like, it, it, I know that's, I'm just going to leave it at that, <laughs> but I mean, we've all been affected and thank you so much. Um, my question is, so I had actually the episode next week after this one is with Andrew mm -hmm. from the Flatwoods Museum. Oh, so it's going to be pretty cool that. because so this episode is going to air and this is building a museum mm -hmm. and it's going to be Andrew talking about, uh, his time after building the museum and what's happened. So I think that's going to be kind of a oh, cool thing. Gosh, for the listeners I didn't hear. hear what he has to say. It's a really good episode. You're going to love it. How for people that have um, maybe they're thinking like, Oh, this actually is a cool idea. Maybe I could make a museum about my local regional state cryptid or something that doesn't exist. Like what have you had to go through so far to get this to work? Um, we were really lucky because there's so much available about the Snallygaster. It was really easy to find new newspaper articles about it, which is another thing that makes this cryptid interesting is that there were so many articles of people in legitimate stories, people saying they saw it and all of these things. Um, so I think just having the time to dedicate to research and really look into it is, is the big thing. And okay. I feel like a lot of the cryptids are already taken, unfortunately, like in a lot of states, you know, it's hard to have just your specific state. So I think it would be, I don't know, because I haven't really considered how that must be for people in other places. I think it would be difficult depending on where you're located. I mean, like say 
you're in Ohio, you know, like mm-hmm. if you were trying to do a Loveland Frogman Museum, I think that it yeah. would be really difficult to find a lot of stuff on it. Mm. Um, so we're trying to figure out now because there is so much pop culture Stanley Gaster stuff and so much art that's really helping fill up uh, some yeah. of the exhibits. Um, but yeah, I guess that would be quite difficult in certain places. Talking about uh, actually, and you can get as, as deep into this as you want, or you can just gloss over. I'll leave this up to you. Um, the the setting up the museum itself, like, is it a thing where it's like you can just be like, okay, I'm gonna have something on, or do is there like an actual process to be like, okay, I'm gonna set up a museum. I have to do this step one, step two, step three. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So I yeah. mean, step one has been. a a huge amount of research and trying to get newspaper articles and put together some, some stuff that is a little bit with regard to the Snallygaster is a little bit uncomfortable because there are some racial undertones to it that to be addressed um, because it was a creature that at one point was used by slave owners to scare Mm. people out of escaping. We can't ignore that part of it. And it needs to, Mm. you know, that kind of stuff really needs to be addressed sensitive way and we're trying to discuss it with a large variety of people about how is the best way for example there are some newspaper articles that have language in them that are very Mm. that's very offensive so you know totally yeah well with because we don't want to deny that these things happen and that this was part of its history so like going through the research and making sure that we're sensitive and aware of how we're presenting this stuff to people is has been a our number one thing and then step two, which I'm kind, I'm kind of combining these two steps, is just collecting stuff regarding the Snallygaster to and figuring out how we're going to display it. Okay, so uh, that's interesting. So it's it's definitely going to be a line uh, blurred between history museum and roadside attraction when you mm-hmm. bring uh, that that part into it with the the, uh, the the history that's associated with it. Um, there was an a uh, there's not like a, okay, you want to run a, a museum? Here's your permit you fit up, fill out. There's no like crazy stuff like that or? So we're lucky because we live in a really bizarre area. So we're okay. in rural Frederick County and we're in a historic property in an unincorporated town. Oh, so okay. we have a lot more freedom than people who are in you know regular neighborhoods as far as like, as long as it's under a certain size on our property, we don't have to do any additional permit or anything, which was another thing that made it a little bit easier to move forward with it because that would have been a a complete nightmare. So because we're keeping it under a certain size, we're able to skip past some of the red tape. Um, I don't know with COVID and everything, how we're going to handle that with visitors. Like if we're going to have to do it by appointment only or something like that to make sure everyone's kept safe. Because it is such a small space. True, true. Uh, good, good thing is you do have a bit more time to figure that out. It sounds yeah, like, it which is good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who would you say that this museum is for? Who do you want this to be for? Hmm. I mean, I feel like I would like it to be for people like me, like my family, who. I don't know if you look at like Atlas Obscura. We, whenever we yeah. travel, we always out the weird roadside attraction stuff. 
um, people like that that are just trying to find something really weird and interesting and quirky about a place that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And also for um, you know, Maryland natives as a whole, because this is our cryptid. Some, some people say it's Virginia's cryptid and they are wrong. Um, so this is our cryptid. So it's definitely like it's, it's all Maryland. Um, nice. That type of thing. And then if we ever did take it on the road, I would love if the whole cryptid community could, you know, be a part of it. Like cryptid con and all that, like we were totally. talking. Yeah. Um, so I haven't gotten a chance to go to any of the festivals except for the Van Meter Visitor Festival. Oh my gosh. Audience, there it is. There's <laughs> the weekly reference for all the bingo <laughs> players. Um, so, but I can only imagine being at a festival and the cool factor of like oh hey the museum for this cryptid is actually here let's go check it out like that would be so cool so i think that's an amazing idea i mean i'm hoping we we've driven to mothman and we've driven to uh cryptid con because it was in kentucky so it's not a terrible drive so i know it's doable it's just the logistics of setting all that up and everything yeah that's true that it's not as not as easy as just setting up a a table and some chairs. I mean, I mean, we'd be happy to do that too, of course, because most of the stuff around. Yeah. Um, What has been, as you've been looking more and more into the, uh, the Snallygasters, do you have like a favorite uh, resource or, um, or a book that you've relied on or anything that you can recommend for the, uh, the listeners? I mean, truly with this, it's been all internet research. I've been so lucky there is so much available, like scans of these articles and everything um, that I really, I can't, I know there are a few books on the topic, but I've been able to do all of this through just, you know, pulling up old newspaper articles and reading general folklore stuff online about it. Mm. I know that I recommended a couple books that I saw about it in your um, Instagram thing, but I could not for the life of me remember what they are right now. Cause like I told you coming off of three ships in a row, so I'm a little. And that is foggy. like, that is no problem. I would, brain I would be not even able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we know Snally Gaster, you said has been referenced in uh, fallout. Uh, 76. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to play video games yet. <laughs> but um also has it been referenced have you seen it come up in any um, movies or anything oh yes so there is a movie called the snallygaster tale it was like um hmm. an indie movie it won a few awards actually several years ago maybe early 2000s um and that one is more exploring this kind of depression era family and the dad using the snallygaster as folklore to kind of deal with um the things they're dealing with with the depression, the death of their mother, like a bunch of things. And we were really, really lucky that the director of that movie is still around and willing to talk to us. So uh, we got to talk to him a little bit about it. Um, It wasn't as folklore heavy. It wasn't about Sally necessarily, but it was really cool that it was such a big part of this movie and the themes from it. So we're actually going to have a, um, an original poster from that movie on display. Oh, cool. Very excited for that. Nice. That's awesome. Um, I have a, so this is the first time that this has ever happened, but I have two people from the Patreon asking the same question. Okay. That's pretty wild. So get ready. Uh, pretty much the summary of the question is 
could there be plans for a Snallygaster festival in the future? I guess add on, is there already one? There is. So there's a Snallygaster beer festival. That's just the name of it is Snallygaster. And it, it's a DC beer festival, okay. which we would, if, they, if that ever comes back after COVID, we'd love to have stuff there. Totally. I would be so thrilled to have a Snallygaster festival in Maryland. Mm. There's so much cool stuff here, especially in Frederick County. Like we're surrounded by all these incredible vineyards with this great space to host things like that. So if it ever became a possibility, we would be so down for something like that. Yeah, totally. That would be so cool. I was actually kind of linking into that. I had this thought the other day and I was like, so you know how like you're in certain areas and it's like the wine highway or like, yeah, uh, different highways, right? Mm -hmm. What if there was a cryptid highway? So oh, hear this out. Amazing. I put you, I put, well, I don't know your exact area, but I put in like what I knew about where you are. And I was like, what if you did this over to, uh, you could do like Mothman Museum. You could do Flatwoods. You could also kind of throw in um, uh, Chestnut Ridge area because mm -hmm. it's kind of all and like make a make a fun like I think it would be maybe seven eight hours total, but like you know totally make like a multiple day out of it. And... Oh my gosh, you could start in the Pine Barrens in Jersey oh, for Devil yeah, Stuff. Totally make your way down through you know Maryland and then. You could get West Virginia toward Kentucky, and then you've got uh, Kelly Hopkinsville stuff over there. I yep. mean, it would be cool. Oh, I would absolutely down. That would <laughs> be cool. That would be fantastic. That was how um, we did. We didn't start in Jersey, but that's how we did our road trip down to uh, CryptidCon a few years ago as we stopped oh, really? at Flatwoods, Mothman, and then um, down there. And I have a an unhealthy obsession with Ingrid cold, like beyond. So I had to go to the exact really? section where the, um, you know, Woody Derenberger Ingrid cold oh, encounter geez. happens and geek out and just act like a maniac. So I was so excited. We actually, um, the baby that was born during COVID, his middle name is Ingrid and he is the first human being to ever be named that. So we were pretty no excited. No way. <laughs> yeah. For real? Yeah. I guess you have a way of checking though. Like you probably know how to check. Yeah, we were Googling, like, it's it's never been used as a name for anyone. So we were like, that oh, so cool. excited. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so tell me, tell me more about that. That's kind of interesting. Like, what is the, what is the obsession about that? Um, so I used to be really, really scared of him. I remember, mm -hmm. I don't know what, you know, unsupervised television show I saw of Mothman and stuff on him when I was a child in the 90s and then Inwood Cold stuff. And I was so scared of him. I was so scared when I turned 16 and I was driving, I was scared that I was gonna stop at an intersection. He was gonna come up to my window and communicate oh, with me yeah. telepathically and all this stuff. And it just became this like little thing in my brain forever. And as I got older, I actually read um, the book written by Woody Derenberger and I listened to an interview. And then when we had the opportunity to go to Mothman, I got way, way, way more into it. And it's just such a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And I, have a hard, you know, not super gullible or anything, but I have a hard time believing that someone would make up this much of a story that would go on for this long. So, yeah. you know, I like to believe that this is a real being somewhere, whether he's a, you know, elemental or an alien or a cryptid, whatever mm -hmm. he is. I just think it's really a fascinating idea. And I don't know if you've read any of his stuff about Lanulos and 
how things work on that planet and all that. I'll be honest. No, I haven't. This is all just, uh, Hey, let's, let's party and talk about it. Like, (laughs) so it's very interesting. He's from a very peaceful kind of different reality than we are in. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, when you went to the Mothman festival, was there anyone like cosplaying as the character? There were some men in black people yeah, and sometimes people that. mix Ingrid cold up with men in black, but it's a totally different thing as far as I'm concerned. So I was a little bummed. I did not see any of that, but I'm hoping maybe one of these years, someone will, will play as him. I don't really know how you would do it because it's kind of hard to differentiate him from anyone else. Unless you had a, a name tag where it's like, Mr. You know, you know, yeah, like exactly. you have to make it really obvious and like, Ooh, but exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would be into, I would freak out and be into it and I would probably pick up on any little subtle things, but I don't think that um, the average person spends as much time thinking about him. So that's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Um, what is looking forward? Let's say, let's say you're, you're able to look five years down the road, at least five mm-hmm. years. What do you want the museum? Where do you want the museum to be? Or, or what do you want to have been accomplished? What are your goals? Um, for I mean, I'm really hoping if, if it does really get more popular, I would hope to have a space similar to what Mothman and Flatwoods have kind of in our downtown area so that it's more you know, foot traffic and easier to get to because our house is a little bit out there. I think that would be incredible. Um, I'm hoping there will be, so there's an interesting thing where there's a, I think it's a 25 year life cycle of Snallygaster sightings. Um, and we would be coming up on one in a couple of years here. So really? oh. that would just be the best thing ever. Um, there's this whole thing about like the cycle of the eggs hatching and that Snallygasters is actually more than one. It's like a family of them that live out in the mountains. So we'll see, <laughs> it'd be really cool. Do you have the, um, the exact, uh, sorry, this is totally put on you on, on the spot. I, so you're saying I don't have a few it. Years? No, it's on my computer, which is in another room. Like I, have <laughs> no problem. I had all the, um, I actually will post it on my Instagram tonight about the cycles, the hatching okay. cycle, how they've all coincided with, um, sightings and everything. But yeah, it's, a, it's, I can't remember if it's like 20 or 25 year cycles, but I know that in the next two years we're coming up on another one. So it would be really cool if there were more Snally sightings. So that actually leads into an interesting question. So when was like, uh, what are the most recent uh, sightings? Like, you know. Um, so the most recent ones that there's news coverage of, I think we're in the 60s or 70s. Wow. And it kind of stopped. I, I mean, media has changed, obviously, a great sure. deal. Um, but I haven't seen anything that I could find any news coverage of since then. I have had a few people tell me they saw um, a pterodactyl. Mm. I mean, and like someone who didn't know anything about the Snallygaster. It's like, you you never would believe this. Like it was a coworker a while ago. They said, I swear to God, I saw a pterodactyl flying in the wow. sky with everything. And I'm like, Snallygaster. Like I was so excited. But, oh man. Uh, yeah. There's not much coverage after that. So I'm a little bummed about it. Um, have you heard the theory where it's like, this could be the same thing, but just called different things in different regions. Of I've the US. heard, the, heard that? Yeah, Jersey devil thing a lot, that they're very similar. Yeah. 
what do you think that that might be a possibility or do you think it's it's totally a different thing by itself oh i it's absolutely a possibility mm-hmm. i mean i think that would be super cool or if it was a different variation of the same kind of creature something like that gotcha yeah um people say that there could be a connection to mothman some have you heard that yeah, so there's, I wish I could, I should have prepared better for this because I have all this you're, research. But you're absolutely fine. Kind of a theory about um, a lot of things in, in certain areas of West Virginia and how it opened up this rift between dimensions. Oh, really? That at the time when this happened, it was like uh, late 1800s where there was like some conflict between Native Americans and, and colonizers. Okay. And there's a the whole theory that there was this rift opened up by this conflict that happened basically and that was the time that cryptids that are less based on real creatures started to make their way into folklore and society because prior to that the cryptids were all based and had more form that was really similar to an animal you might otherwise see but then you started to get these really weird chimeras and things that didn't really fit in to the natural order of things so I kind of like the idea that somewhere in the you know Appalachia and the mountains in West Virginia, there's yeah. this rift in dimensions that these creatures are coming out of. I love that. It's that's like really Half Life cool. too. If... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's I a really cool that. idea. My whole thing on why we can't find or look at Bigfoot is that he is an interdimensional being, and he can just slip through this fabric and he's gone, and that's why he's not really here, but he's not really there, kind of thing. So I think that kind of fits with a lot of cryptids. If they're not. That- that is yeah one of the theories definitely yeah Yeah. it's it's oh man it is interesting isn't it it's like you have on on one side you're like is this guy like slipping around through you know window areas or is it is it actual like great ape or an undiscovered great ape in north america or um there's so many different theories and the cool thing about this podcast is like I have my belief, but like I have all sorts of people on it. It doesn't like I'm cool with it, you know, because <laughs> adults know how to talk to other adults, even though even when they don't agree with them. Right. Like, yeah, we've lost that ability as a society, yeah. unfortunately. Totally. What would uh, have you thought about like what you want the museum uh, to look like when you, when you walk into it, like what, how you want the exhibit set up or anything where you're like, Oh, it'd be really cool. Like one day to have this kind of exhibit in there or like, you know, kind of dreaming. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of ideas. I think I would probably kind of want to do it chronologically starting with the stuff in the 1700s and starting with some native American folklore and some paintings and stuff that look very similar Mm -hmm. and, similar descriptions to this creature and then move through um, the very unfortunate part and the connection with slavery in the United States. Um, And then it goes into a little bit more unfortunate stuff. So in the early 1900s, there's one reported victim of the Snallygaster um, Mm. from Western Maryland. This person had their blood drained and they were found like thrown off a cliff. So Unfortunately, um, that is a person of color. It was the only black man in this town. And oh. I, my feeling on it is that there may have been more to it. It could have been a lynching that got turned yeah. into this. 
And it's something that if I ever got funding, you know, with this museum that I would really like to reopen that case and look into it. Wow. So there's a big period of Sonali Gaster history that is upsetting and unfortunate, but important to tell. Mm-hmm. And then we can move past that. And then there's the sightings and then there's the whole DeWayo thing that comes into it, which is like this Sonali Gaster semi wolfman creature. So we're having a little bit of DeWayo stuff um, once we get into like the 20s and 30s. Because that's when is, came up. Um, that's going to be around uh, Great Pro- Great Prohibition era. Yes, so there's a lot of prohibition Snally Gaster stuff too. Okay. About like falling asleep on people's stills and getting drunk and all kinds of weird. <laughs> really? You know, like Snally Gaster's yeah. going after moonshine and drinking it? Yeah, he's a that's drinker. That's crazy. So I think that's pretty cool that he was, you know, he's, he's just so, it's, I say he, I don't know why, but it's just so entwined in, in American history and there's so many weird things where it pops up. It's just. It's kind of a, a cool yeah, creature. That is- once we hit the 60s and 70s, and there really aren't a lot of sightings after that, um, I'm hoping to have a very large part of it dedicated to just Snallygaster art. I've messaged a lot of artists on Instagram to try to you know, buy prints. I'd really like signed prints and have their business card and have you know, a whole section of that available as well. Because I think the Snallygaster art that's out there is just amazing. There's some really cool stuff from what mm-hmm. I've, I've found just... Uh looking around in, in preparation for these few interviews have you found that there's different interpretations of this cryptid or that um you know, is because there's there's tentacles like there's tentacles right usually mm-hmm. is that something where it's like baked into i uh, baked into the legend or is it more of like an artist interpretation when you it's that? really weird because there's only a couple references to the tentacles that i could okay. find historical stuff some people think it was just eating an octopus. Mm. Some people think it has tentacles that it can shoot out of its mouth. Um, oh, wow. So I don't really know exactly where the tentacle thing started. I think it makes for some really, really cool art. And yeah, the logo that we're working on with Danner includes the tentacles, just because I really think they're super cool. But I don't know that it's necessarily a big part of it Like from the beginning. I don't remember there being any tentacle stuff there. Hmm. That is super crazy. Um, the, the one thing I like about small regional cryptids is sometimes how they affect the, uh, the town. And so Andrew goes into this a little bit about Flatwoods monster, but is there, let's say your area where the Snallygaster is really big. Is there anything where it's like, you can get like the Snallygaster burger, anything like that has not really there was, so there's a, an ice cream place. I, can't, I posted it on my institute and I can't remember. It was Mountain Hills Creamery or something that had a Snally Gaster flavor um, oh, that nice. I posted. <laughs> and then there was, there's the beer festival. There's some rum or whiskey or something a while back that was Snally Gaster themed. Um, and that's another thing actually in the five-year plan is that I really like it if we could get some Snally Gaster stuff in Frederick restaurants your little specials or something like that. Totally. I think it would be super cool. Oh, that's cool. Uh, So I would really love that if restaurants ever open again. (laughs) It'd be really cool. Well, it's, it's a slow, slow process, right? I guess. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, and that is cool. It's definitely on, on the list. Uh, I, so we're in the Des Moines area and it's like, we've got a whole list, uh, 
of stuff we have to hit because we haven't hit any of the stuff out east like the and definitely the Snallygaster uh, museum is is on the list now so excited excited to see that in in the future has there been uh anything about the uh museum that we haven't touched on yet that you you really want to make sure is uh, out there i can't i i don't know i can't awesome. think of anything now awesome. all right well this has been really fun i think that it would be fun maybe in a few years to do like a follow-up interview just to to kind of see where we have uh, or where you guys have have landed um and i expect really really big things from you as well um do you mind taking a few minutes and um as we kind of wind down the interview already it's crazy it's gone that gone that fast but can you um share with the listeners like how they can follow along the process of um setting up the the museum Oh yeah, so we have a TikTok. Um, I can't remember what it's called right now. Hold on, let me see I if I get. It's, I can't remember. It's at, it's at Snally House. I think it is. Yeah, a lot of my oh, stuff yeah, yeah. is at Snally House. Um, we have a TikTok. We have our Instagram, which is American Snally Gaster Museum. We also have a Facebook that I don't know if people are even on Facebook anymore, but we have a Facebook page for it. Um, I have an Etsy store, but I haven't posted a whole lot of stuff yet. But um, as we're making merch, we're going to start selling stuff on the Etsy store, like Snally t-shirts and things like that to help raise money for the museum. So yeah, I, I think everything is and is at Snally House or Snally Gaster Museum. It should be pretty easy to find. Awesome. That is really cool. Uh, and you, uh, you did, uh, Sarah has agreed to hang on a few extra minutes. She's got some stories to share. And then, um, yeah. We will be good. Um, listeners, sorry, we are both extremely tired. I'm not as tired as Sarah because she has <laughs> been the tired. I've just not been going to sleep. So apologies, listeners. But uh, we'll see you back next week. Um, if the stars keep aligning as they are, I believe that will be our Ape Canyon episode. So you'll have to definitely be uh, psyched about that. But. Well, we'll see. Thanks again, Sarah, for coming on. It's been awesome. I hope I get to come on again. Totally. <laughs> More awesome. prepared, hopefully with better sleep. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys. Again, a big thanks to Sarah Cooper for coming on and chatting about the American Snallygaster Museum in Maryland. And uh, make sure you go ahead and check her out on all the uh, social medias. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes, of course. Uh, quite the presence on Instagram and some uh, really cool stuff that they're sharing. So thanks again for coming on, Sarah. Thank the supporting members of the Bigfoot Society Patreon. Uh, we have Surfetes, uh, Josh Sewich from the Starfall Collective on Twitch. We have Greg Morrill from the Indiana Road Trio. with Coco Van Boxtel from Strange Little Lands. Daniel Fuller with Caveman Resale on eBay. Connor Anderson. And if you're not a Patreon member and you're just a listener, thanks for taking your time out of your busy day and spending some time with us. Uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, your preferred podcast platform. And uh, if you have any stories, you can give us an email at bigfootsociety@gmail.com. And again, check out the articles we have and more, preferred book lists, 
at BigfootSocietyPodcast.com. You can always go to Instagram at Bigfoot Society. And we have a TikTok now. It gets pretty crazy there. Bigfoot, Bigfoot.Society at Bigfoot.Society. And if you've got a story to tell and it's related to cryptozoology or the unknown, don't be afraid to send me a DM on Instagram at Bigfoot Society. I'd love to uh, share your story with the world. Let's uh, get it squatchy. <laughs> One last thing, guys. We need to talk about the new Clubhouse app. Uh, It's currently in beta. It is an audio-only platform. I am currently setting up uh, the cryptozoology community on Clubhouse. So if you have Clubhouse, look up uh, my name, which is public and out there, Jeremiah Byron. And um, it's username at Bigfoot Society. Add me so that you can be in the Clubhouse Bigfoot Society room that'll be happening every week at uh, Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a great time. We've got a lot of people already in there. Uh, You're going to get hooked, so check it out. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you. And now, for a moment of Zen. The Singular Fordian Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the society at singularfordian.com for all the leer... Oh my goodness. (laughs) 